After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. Hey, welcome into the Deuce and Mo podcast. Recording this later than normal for some reason, probably because we spent the pre-show going at each other for about twenty minutes. Yeah, check it out on YouTube if you want. <laughs> Kings win at home, one thirty-five to one fifteen, a twenty-point victory, but it was tied. Actually, the Rockets had the lead at one point in the fourth quarter. We got a lot to go over after this Kings victory at Golden One Center. I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. How you doing, Mo? Hey, I'm pretty darn good. Yeah, good. Yeah, just like pretty darn good. Not fantastic. Not bad. Just pretty darn good. I think that's how I feel about the Kings game tonight. Oh, good. You win by 20 at home and you go, that's, that. you take yeah. care of business. But it's kind of how you got there too. Yep. And that's fair. And I, I kind of like that that's where we are at with the Kings now where it's like, no, you're, you're better than this. Like, you're taking on a 10-win team. You're supposed to win this game, especially at home. I know that you won, but play better. And that's kind of where you are with this game tonight. There was definitely some good. That fourth quarter was amazing for Sacramento. They outscored the Rockets 41-20 to in that fourth quarter. Huh. Huh. Trey Lyles. My goodness. 15 points and six rebounds in the fourth quarter. De'Aaron Fox, 9.6 dimes in the fourth quarter. So they took care of business in the fourth quarter. It was just the stuff before that that I think rubbed Morgan the wrong way. Yeah, it just had me... Um, I I think bored is the wrong word. No, it was a boring game okay. for most of the game. The crowd wasn't really into it for good reason. It just it lacked a rhythm. Yeah. It was kind of ugly. Yeah. Then the Kings were... The Kings' defense was really bad, especially in that third quarter. When it was bad... It was bad, and it was it was frustrating because when I say that, I'll define what that bad was. In in my opinion, it was the way that the Rockets were making their team look exciting by getting to the rim with authority, really pushing through. We know that they already can get into the paint, but the way and, – and dunk the ball, that's what they like to do on teams. They do a great job of it in this league. They're young. They're athletic. Yep, and they get to the rim, and they will throw it down on you. But it was frustrating because the Kings have shown so many things 
differently about their defense in their game, in the perimeter pressure that they can put on, and these guys were still getting to the rim and throwing it down. I think that's where I was getting the most frustrated. Even though it's going to happen, they responded and got the win. Yeah, and I just think for the Kings on a game like tonight, I there are going to be stretches throughout a year where it's it's hard to get up for a game. I just think the Kings should not be in that position position quite yet sure as a team that mentality and i don't even know if it's a conscious thing i don't think they go into it go yeah we're just going to kind of coast through this and get a win tonight i just think it's hey we're halfway through the season oh the rockets have 10 wins the crowd's not as crazy tonight that maybe you're not as engaged but you can't be and i think for mike brown after this game watch that fourth quarter and compare it to what you saw in the third quarter right like the Rockets aren't a good team. They're they're 29th in points per game at 109 points a game. Yeah. They were on track to score a lot more than that. They were end up being held to 115, so slightly over their average. But, yeah, I just felt like there was too much dribble penetration, kickouts for threes, and too many open threes. And that really hurt Sacramento. It was, it was just far too easy at times for the Houston Rockets. Yeah, I think it was a way that they were moving – uh, on defense, right? It was just like, obviously, the way that they had to protect the paint when guys were coming in with the authority that they were coming in. But at the same time, they weren't worried enough about what was going on beyond the arc. And that's when things can kill you. That's when teams really chip away. And I just think the Houston Rockets did a really good job of capitalizing on that. Like, okay, if we're going to make everyone focus on us in the paint, then this is where we're going to score. You saw them knocking down uh, those shots tonight, especially from beyond the arc at first. And they ended up finishing 16 of 41. That's pretty good. Yeah, 39% and 45.8% from the field. Like someone like Garrison Matthews, you know that's what he wants to do. Oh he wants to shoot God. threes. Yeah. Kind of have a dirty play on Keegan. Okay, I think You didn't like that, right? I didn't like that at all. Like I think the problem was when Keegan went up, he like grabbed his shoulder. But then he followed through mm. with the way when they went down. Like they like with gravity, he went down with it but kept shoving a little bit more. And yeah, I didn't like it. It wasn't just like his momentum going in that direction. So it was frustrating. But he obviously loves to shoot threes. He knocked down threes in this game, and it was a little too easy uh, at times for the Houston Rockets. And I think that's kind of the lesson here, right? Like on the, on the positive note, 46 points in the paint. So back-to-back games where they hold opponents in the 40s in points in the paint. So that's encouraging. I just, they play the same team again Friday. And I just want it to look different from the start. The, the end result should be a win. And, you know, win by 15, 20. But I just like a little more consistency. I don't think you should be down at home to the Rockets in the fourth quarter, especially because yeah. you just weren't engaged. And then you see what they did in the fourth quarter. You're like, come on. Like that energy has to be there from the jump. Yeah. No, exactly. And especially it's not like they're playing on a back-to-back or they're traveling. They're at home and you want to see that I know we'll talk about the next game coming up but you do want to see that going into Friday's game especially because it's not easy being the team that wins and then goes into that next game because it's a different type of mentality you have to have on your adjustments you're still like we won so we have to make some adjustments though for some of our flaws but the other team's going to also make their adjustments to make their team better so what is that going to be like for this young Rockets team I don't know, but it can be scary. 
Yeah, not against a 10-win team. I don't have that same fear. I'm just being honest. And and Matt brought up this point, too. You don't want to be the team that after nine straight losses to give them their first win. It just sucks being that team. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't look good out in, you know, national media. Even tonight, like around the NBA, the Pistons put up like 135 points in a win over Minnesota. Terrible loss for a T-Wolves team that's trying to figure it out. I know they're still without Cat, but come on. They've got more talent than the Pistons, right? So you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to be on the wrong side of that. And it's not a disrespectful thing to the, the Houston Rockets. Like, if this game was in Houston, I think I'd be like, yeah, I'm with you. But this game on Friday is at home. Play your, the right way and get it done. You know, I just felt like there are times, even with the offense, I mean, we talk about the defensive issues. They allowed uh, the Rockets to score 35 points in the second quarter and then 33 in the third. But I also felt like in the third quarter, offensively, they were settling too much. They were t- they were just settling for threes. And yes. this team, and I think it really goes to re- any team in the NBA, three-pointers when they're created out of ball movement, when it's Fox penetrating or Sabonis, who's just so good playing with Max every, but never going to question that guy's effort in a game. He gets up for all of them. But creating so many outside opportunities for his teammates, those are the good ones. The right. bad ones are just like, hey, we're just dribbling. Oh, let me just launch this three. And like, what, what makes them good is that players are already in rhythm, right? It's not just like, stop, okay, find your rhythm, now shoot the ball. It's guys are already flowing and feeling the energy of the basketball. I mean, it's not it's not one of those spiritual things like feel the energy of the ball and the ball will go into the rim. It's literally just like how momentum works, how anything works in life when you just have things already kind of warmed up and going. It's the same kind of flow when you have defenses like transitioning in different directions and being on their heels and then getting a more open look with the ball already going in that direction. So the Kings did win tonight, 135 to 115. Some of the crazy numbers from this one, Sabonis... (laughs) 25 points, 14 rebounds, nine assists. Shy, just one assist shy of a triple-double. What do you think of his game tonight? Oh, I... Just easy, nine of 12 shooting? You know, it was... There's times when I feel like he just understands personnel so well because he is such a high IQ player. And looking at the way that he was going at those guys in the key, they're long, they're young, they're athletic. Shengun's big. Like, they still have some of that size, but he understands what he's capable of doing as a high IQ player, right? In making the right move or using his strength um, against these young bodies. Like, just a smart guy, dominating the paint. And I just love the way, also, he pushes the ball out and gets the offense going. I think there are times watching him tonight where I went, you shouldn't even pass the ball. In these situations, like he just had some good looks, but he's always trying to get guys involved. You got Keegan some great looks tonight. I mean, he gets everybody good looks, and that's that's what's really encouraging. I think that's the one of the best things about Fox and Sabonis is these guys are yeah they can get theirs. They're very capable of getting you twenty plus, but they're very capable of getting other players involved. And I think Fox has really done such a better job of doing that this year. And I think part of that is just the offense they run and. I do believe when you have a player like Sabonis who not only sets the standard by playing that way, he's very vocal too. I think you want to play that way. It's just more fun. Yeah, it's it's a lot more fun. I mean, that style of play for anyone, it's more of a 
plug and play type of game, right? And with that, you have more trust for people, understanding that the ball is going to come back to you. And if the ball is not coming back to you and it's stopping with the player, what I love is that someone like Mike Brown and a coaching staff is holding that person accountable and saying, uh-uh, play the game the right way or you're not going to play at all. So Sabonis had that monster game. Fox ends up finishing with 24 points, nine assists. He did it on nine of 18 shooting. He was two of four from three and four of six from the free throw line. So I thought he had a good night too. I thought he was attacking. I thought he was engaged defensively um, at the start. And then I thought he made some big plays in the fourth quarter defensively. He drew a charge too. The Kings defense was just so much better in the fourth quarter. There was one play where so Jalen Green was getting to the basket and... Mike Brown was so happy because Sabonis went straight up. They preach verticality. They chart it. Mm. That's the stat they always keep. He went straight up. Jalen Green missed a shot, and the Kings got out in transition and made something happen. And I think it goes to what we keep talking about with this team defensively. They, uh, they do have a ceiling, in my opinion, but they could be better than what they have been playing. Yeah. I don't think they're as bad as they have been over the recent weeks. And it, it takes constant engagement and communication, you know, and sometimes it's hard to, uh, when you're at home and it's super loud and, you know, the crowd's into it and you're trying to play defense, but you have to talk, you have to communicate. You can't communicate late. The, the, the communication can't happen as the screen's coming, right? You have to, you have to set your guys up, especially the guys playing on the back end, the back line. Yeah. Yeah. The, exactly. The, the second line of defense really just understanding what they need to be for different opponents too, right? This is a team with the Rockets that have youth and explosiveness and understand how to get into the paint. So you know that you're going to need a lot more of that help. That help can't be a step behind. That help has to be communicating and not just ball watching or watching their man. They got to make sure they're seeing everything that's going on to be there Timing needs to be perfect in those situations. And I just, I, we've seen this team capable of playing at that high level defensive style of basketball. And that's, what's frustrating when you don't see it consistently in a game like this against a bad team. We should mention Kevin Herter did not play in this game. Yes. He was out. He was sick, non COVID illness. So he missed tonight's game. No clue if he's going to be back for Friday at this point. So, Mike Brown elected to start Terrence Davis, which he's done before this year. I think this one surprised me because Terrence has not really been in the rotation. Right. Terrence played 22 minutes. He had six points, six rebounds, a couple assists, two of seven shooting. Wasn't knocking down shots. I thought defensively he made a few mistakes tonight. I mean, obviously the Kings as a team did, but sure. there were definitely some plays he got blown by. I think I was surprised that Terrence Davis was in the starting lineup tonight. And I personally think, especially now that Terrence has not been in the rotation, probably makes more sense to start Davion or, or Monk. Or Monk. I mean, I think sometimes they get so caught up in like, no, Monk's got to play that six-man role. Second yeah. unit, he's perfect for that. That's fine. But then, and I'm not even saying Terrence shouldn't play, but it no. just seems odd to me that you don't feel that he can be in the rotation right now. Really? Mm -hmm. I mean... He was out for a minute, and now he's starting because Kevin Herter is out. Yeah, I mean, talk about next man up mentality, but I would have just imagined that being him coming off the bench. What's the thought process behind it? 
I don't know. I think one would be, look, he stayed engaged. We're, the we're playing the Rockets. Yeah. Maybe it's a good chance to get him back in rhythm and give him an opportunity to see what he can do out there. And that's the other thing, too. You're right away playing with Fox and Sabonis. So you're playing with guys that True. ultimately are just going to make you better right away. And so when you get that opportunity, you're not like, oh, I'm playing with, um, you know, the... 10th guy on the roster it's like no you're in there with the starters who make the game better for your team and you've got to just be ready to play and and try and make them better as well and I just I felt like he had his like you said his moments I love seeing the six rebounds yeah. on his stat yes. line like I think that was huge um but I'm I'm with you but not a big deal because they no, got the win and I'm not I saw someone in the chat who was it what they say people just make me laugh and i know we get so many people in the chat appreciate you guys all being here we try to get to as many as we can hit the thumbs up button subscribe um big lucci says let the man coach coach of the year so far oh big lucci i don't know if you're new to the podcast we slobber over mike brown we love the shit out of him for probably 10 minutes every podcast. I, I, it's okay. Like, it's not like I'm going, what is Mike Brown doing? What? Are you? I'm just like, well, maybe we're just analyzing yeah. it too. You know, it's one of those things where on a night like this, when they didn't come out and start the way that they needed to, it's not to put blame on Mike Brown for yeah. that decision. It's not to put blame on Terrence Davis for not like being a 31 point Terrence Davis yeah, right, that he right. was on TNT. It's just more like, we're just talking about it. And Wilson says TD started the previous game with Herder Allen. He put up 19 points. He just needs to uh, do Kevin Shooter's ro sh shooter role. I think the rotation is pretty set with Monk as the sixth man. No, I'm with you. It seems like he is really set in that. Um, who should we talk about next? Um, so we touched on Sabonis. We touched on Fox. TD being in the starting lineup. I mean, we could go. Let's go with the Rook. Let's go Keegan. 16 points, six rebounds, two assists. Love the way that he's shooting that three. I know it, he shot 11 threes tonight. I know. And I know it was a lot, but he was. No, I want, I want Keegan to shoot good. more. And good. I don't think I watched tonight and went, yeah, he shouldn't have shot that. Like, I, I feel like he takes pretty good shots. You know, I was talking to a buddy about this and he's like, God, can they run some more plays for Keegan besides him just standing in the corner and knocking down some shots? I want him to be aggressive. This is what you want more of. I, I don't like seeing games where it's like, oh, Keegan took six shots tonight. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, you, you're a really good shooter. In fact, headed into tonight, the, the stat was insane. Like, since December 1st, right, out of all the players in the NBA with, with over 103 point attempts, he is shooting the best percentage. I think it's right around 49% from three since December 1st. What was it, Morgan? So, <laughs> Alex Kramer's. I had it wrong. Uh, tweeted out how was good was Keegan off. Murray been as a rookie. 53 players have attempted 100 plus threes. I got that right. Since December 1st. Thank you. No one in the entire league is shooting a higher percentage than Murray at 49.5%. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. That's oh, a rookie nice. doing that, right? Wow, you pulled so, that up quick. Um, yeah, I mean, I want him taking those shots. He ends up 16 points. I thought it was good to see him get six rebounds. He had that game. Where Brown was upset, he had zero. Then he had the next game, the last game the Kings played, he only had three rebounds. Yeah. And I guess Mike Brown, G-Man was saying this, maybe I missed this because I didn't go to the pregame media availability, but Mike Brown said he went up to Keegan 
uh, after practice, after the three rebound game, and w- went up to him to ask him about the rebounding. Uh, how many rebounds uh, did you have in that game? And he goes, more than zero. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I thought that was funny. That's cute. Six rebounds, 16 points for him in this game. Like you said, being more aggressive, I love to see it. I did ask Matt Barnes, too, about Keegan's thumb and just like, hey, same kind of rap as Sabonis. He was asked about it at practice, and he talked about um, he won't be using the splint in a couple weeks. And I said, how much could that really affect his shot? And the reason why I asked that is because I saw uh, on J.J. Reddick's podcast, Old Man in the Three, podcast i saw a clip of fred van vliet talking about injuries affecting his shot and i love when guys aren't using it as an excuse but at the same time you have to understand the mechanics of shooting the ball and just what effect it could really have on it and now that it's healing is probably another reason why his shot's doing better yeah five of 14 tonight four of 11 from downtown in the game for keegan murray we mentioned fox a bonus hb gave you another 16 point game just steady he's been really steady i love his steadiness i know scoring perspective i know yeah sometimes he just looks so strong out there and i just appreciate his um his strength his aggressive nature let's talk about the guy that the people in the chat are calling the dog of the game who's the dog of the game the options sabonis who had 29 points 14 rebounds nine assists um, I totally messed up the the poll. I gave Sabonis like five extra points. Yeah, I was like twenty nine. Yeah, twenty five points, fourteen <laughs> rebounds, nine assists for Sabonis. Or is it Fox who had nine points and six assists in the fourth? Or Trey Lyles who had fifteen points and six rebounds in the fourth? Who is your dog of the game? Sixty four percent of the people say give it to Trey Area. Trey Lyles Morgan. 20 points, seven rebounds tonight, six of eight, three of five from downtown. He was also five of six from the free throw line. He was huge in the fourth quarter. It was getting to the free throw line, attacking the basket, offensive rebounds, hitting some threes. God, when he would just like flare out, be on, uh, be on the arc, get a pass from a teammate. It, you, your confidence in his shot was just there, right? Like you're, that one's going in. That one's going in. Um, a nice little flow. He's feeling the energy from his teammates in that fourth as well. I love the way that they were finding him. But like you said, also being aggressive. He's he's one of those guys that can show a lot of strength and really get through guys with his physicality too. He's been a really solid piece off the bench. He for the Kings. really has. And another guy that was at one point out of the rotation for the I Kings. Know. I know. Yeah, and th- there was one point in this game in the fourth quarter I noted this lineup because it's a lineup that we really haven't seen a lot. We saw Keegan at the two. We had Fox, Keegan, HB, Lyles, and Sabonis at the 441 mark of the fourth quarter. Wow, I didn't. 113-105. Good eye. That one I didn't, I honestly oh, okay. didn't on, catch no. that. I, I mean, as you know, as the people know, I, I chart, you know, I, I have every lineup. When Dude. does it happen? What's the score when they come in? I missed this one, <laughs> but I keep track of lineups. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, going back to Keegan at the two and that lineup and where it took them. It's, it was nice to see too, especially when you don't have Kevin Herter playing in this game and you're like, okay, we can't depend on his shot. Oh, there's a guy in Keegan Murray who has been so efficient from deep. There's a guy in Trey Lyles who is showing up in this fourth quarter at a different level. Like, just so many different guys to depend on. 
Let's give some love to people watching us live. Shout out to Muhammad, who became a member for four months in a row. So King's 25th in points allowed, but number one in points per game. Yes. Also, shout out to Jay, who super chatted us. A dollar. Appreciate you. you guys so, so, so much. Um, other things that jumped out tonight, Morgan, for me, um, from the Rocket side, Shengun's pretty fun to watch. I, he got in foul trouble in this game, but he had a, a triple-double tonight. 10 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. He's pretty fun He's to watch. He's 20 years old, Morgan. Night in and night out. Like he, He'll have some fun passes. He'll have some fun moves where you just like see his mobility from a bigger body, and I think that alone is unique. Yeah um from him but yeah i i don't want to see this type of game from him again on friday <laughs> it's just it was it was really good across the board i know it's not like no, he's dropping the, 30 the but... most irritating player for me tonight who oh i know who kenya martin jr yep dude 21 points off the bench 9 of 13 shooting he comes in in the first quarter three straight dunks He's hitting threes left and right, and it just eats at you because it's like, oh, that was a Kings draft pick. That was a Kings draft pick. Could have been on a Kings. I just like his game. I do, too. He was fun. He came in with great energy, and then he was so good, they started him in the second half. Yeah, I was going to say just his talk about an energy guy, and and that's what that's why there is this parity around the league because there are certain players that you go down the roster and they're able to play at that high level still, right? There's not this huge drop-off from a lot of these teams and you'll have an, a spark off the bench. And I think even the Kings, I going back to that TNT game with Terrence Davis, like no one would have predicted that type of game from Terrence Davis on that night against the Nets. But it's what's happening in the league right now and sometimes you just don't know where a team is going to get production from and for the Rockets that's where it was yeah he was fun to watch Jalen Green I, I know this down in the first quarter let me double check it yeah Jalen Green took 10 shots in the first quarter loves to shoot loves <laughs> nine, to shoot 9 of 25 in the game he was 3 of 12 from downtown he had 26 points he is fun to watch he ends up playing 38 minutes and it's interesting watching these young teams because they you, you, they just don't know how to play, right? Like, th this is the youngest team in the NBA. You see the talent, but they just they don't know how to play no. at all. And that's, what do you, if you're the Rockets, you know, usually it's like, hey, that three-year plan, like, this is what our goal is going to be. It's not looking like that. Now, you hear the rumors, too, just going on our Rockets talk yeah. right now really quick. You hear the rumors about, James Harden would, you know, want to be back in Houston if things don't work out in Philly and the price isn't right or whatever. That isn't, that's going to stunt the growth of what type of team they're trying to develop there, in my opinion. Um, I don't see him making a whole bunch of players better. You just showed Jalen Green's, um, his shots tonight. Like, that's not going to stop. Hit sure. the ball in his hands. Like, that is not going to stop. Yeah. And with him, he's so young, too. Like, he's going to learn how to play and get his teammates involved. He's too talented. Like, he is. Right. You see it out there. Oh you're like, God. oh, this guy's got some star potential. Shout out to Kenny Caraway, who's in the chat. D-Lo and KC, baby. Mark Hamilton, appreciate you becoming a member as well. A couple of random notes after the game. Um, 
So we should mention Delhi got in the game. Yeah. He scored. Shout out to PJ Dozier who got in the game. Yep. Scored his first points as a member of the Sacramento Kings. And so did Kings rookie Keon Ellis, who spent a lot of time with the Stockton Kings this season. Um, he got the game ball tonight from the Kings because hmm. he scored his first NBA basket. Here's what that scene was like in the locker room after the game. <laughs> Appreciate, appreciate everybody. Uh, appreciate my boy PJ for, for getting it to me in Delhi. Cute. Cute. Yeah, get the rookie involved. That's I cool. love it. Give the guy I... some love, man. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, you know, we, sometimes we lose sight of these small things that happen uh, for NBA players where, yeah, they got to the NBA and then they score their first points. That's a big deal. It's a huge that's deal. Awesome. They well, worked so hard their whole lives. And that's why, and that's why too, just going off of that just for a little bit, because we're allowed to talk about whatever we want. Yeah. Um, you know, the other day when Chima Moneki was waived and we were in Stockton when that happened. And a lot mm. of the Stockton Kings players and coaches, they they felt so they just felt so sad, right? They were just like God, the glue guy, all these things, trying to live out this dream. But that's that's the type of guy Chima is where the perspective for him, and I could guarantee this, is I'm living out my dream every single day. doesn't matter if it's G League. It doesn't matter if I'm getting waved. Like, I got some NBA minutes. I'm this. I'm going to keep grinding and try and keep pushing for this dream. But that perspective of these guys even getting those moments, that first bucket, any of these And then things. them highlighting after the game is cool, right? It's so it's so good for a culture. It's so good for chemistry for everyone from the top all the way down. Uh, Trey Lyles got the Defensive Player of the Game Award for what he did in the fourth quarter. Rebounded well, played yeah. some nice defense, got some stuff done. I think sometimes, too, like even when uh, Chemezi Metu got it the other night, we don't look at the rebounding, the the defensive rebounds yeah. as like the closing of that defensive possession enough. And that's like the guy that just corrals it and makes sure like, nope, we're getting this offensive, offensive possession. Let's go. And especially against a team like the Rockets who like to get up, get those O boards and get those second chance opportunities. The Kings did a good job. All right. A couple of things we need to talk about before we get to some discord people in Twitter spaces. I want to get to some people. Morgan, you had the chance. This is pretty cool. <gasps> 50 Cent was on pregame tonight. Dude. But we have some questions. No, 21. I got to be honest. That's pretty good. Thank you. So pregame show, he's on with Matt Barnes and yourself. And you asked him a question about, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to play the video. I'm just going to play the video because I need people's help on this. This was we Morgan with Matt Barnes, 50 Cent, who... Has a partnership deal with his like alcohol brand Sire Spirits or something. With uh, the team. It's actually Brunson, the one the partnership with. I know Sire Spirits is something else. He has different alcohol that he partners okay. with, but it's Brunson. Well, guess yeah. why? We're, he could pay us to get that on here, right? Yeah. Anyway, um, here's <laughs> uh, Morgan with Fifty Cent pregame. We have questions. <laughs> Fifty first, I want to ask you because you're here in Sacramento, King. Players, okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a favorite right now? <laughs> yeah, I like I like Alex. 
Oh. He, play, he, he look at you like you don't even know why he scored. Wait, Alex Lund? <laughs> yeah, his game is a little different. <laughs> he said his game. His blank demeanor, like it's not even in. His game is a little different. Fifty. No, I don't buy it. He said his favorite player is Alex Lynn. He he doesn't react when he scores. He's talking about Keegan Murray. He was taught, and I remember because we were at practice when Fifty Cent was at practice that day, Shit. and there were some jokes about Keegan because Keegan was just ca- kind of like standing there, like Keegan, like yeah, yeah, this is cool. I like Fifty Cent a lot, like in the club. Yeah, I know that song. Anyway, pretty good Keegan. Give my Keegan some love right now. Yeah. That was a good Keegan. Anyway, and I remember Fifty Cent was kind of giving him some crap. And then on pregame, he mentions Alex Lynn. I'm like, no. Well, I had he, he just had the name wrong. I had no idea that he had that moment with Keegan. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have been like, oh, you mean Keegan Murray? And I wish it's funny too because you always have to get your questions approved by, you know, their people and everything for the most part. And, um, you know, who's your favorite Kings player? Is like on there, and so I just am like, wait, wait, wait. No, even if he didn't know, I was like, why didn't he say deer and fox? Like, why wouldn't you just say fox? Fox. Three letters. F-O-X. He went with Alex. Fox. And you're like, Alex Lynn, really? Like, well, and I didn't mean to say really, but in my mind, I'm like, no, I'm not I mean, seeing him out there. No, no, no. <laughs> out of all the Kings players, for 50 Cent to name, he, play, he the guy who's played like two games this year, he wasn't talking about Alex Lynn. He was talking about Keegan. And I wish he would have said Keegan because the whole thing would have been so why much is- fun. And why is someone saying that is tough on the fly? We all love you on TV. Oh, oh, I thought he was saying like, like it's okay, you did okay. No, never mind. I see what you're saying. <laughs> I was down. like, no, because I felt really bad. I was like, should I have said? Oh, you mean De'Aaron? <laughs> like, should no, I you should have been like, oh, he's talking about Keegan. But that is hard on the fly. How you're probably going. I, I don't known? know. Maybe he likes Alex Lund. Maybe Alex, he knows Alex. Yeah, and like, know? what if what if I was wrong when I was like, oh, you actually mean Keegan? Like, how was I supposed to know he meant Keegan? I didn't see the Keegan. Yeah, because Alex but, isn't like playing. Well, no, it's not only that, but like the, his description of Alex was totally the description of Keegan. Right, but like also, I haven't seen Alex's um, personality much lately. Well, so maybe he, like maybe Fifty had a different experience with Alex Len. Yeah, I mean, I think he was talking about me, but like it was it was cool anyway because yeah, I knew it. Oh, I just wish I wish he had known the name. It would have been so fun to go off of. But do you have any questions for Keegan while he's here before he has to go or no? Keegan, how's your thumb? Well, it, it's good. I, you know, I just got to keep, uh, I got to keep working and like get the spun out. How great is it to be so efficient from beyond the arc? It was cool. <laughs> Thanks, Keegs. Yeah, I'll see you. I love that guy. Uh, I love him. Ryan says, why is Deuce's Keegan impression so good? Oh, stop it. It's yeah. not that good. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys so much. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna, I, let's, let's, let's talk some more people. Appreciate the chat. Hit the uh, thumbs up. Let's go. Uh, Look who's here for the very first time. They do a post-game show, too. Our friends over at Royal Rebounds in the building. Oh. You should check out their YouTube channel. Are they here? Do they want to talk? There is a request to talk. Oh, I just please. went to them. Royal Rebounds, Royal are you Royal Rebounds, here? you are so good. Please. Okay. Well, I'm just going to leave it there. Okay. Maybe they, they chime in. Uh, I have one story from tonight. One of, a really cool moment. Oh, please. Morgan, so she already knows this story. So, Oh, yes. Okay. I have this friend from middle school. Like, we haven't seen each other probably in 20 years. Like, she moved away. You know, like, she went to a different high school, ends up moving away. Anyway, we hung out a lot in middle school. 
Huge Kings fan. Remember, early 2000s. Crazy. She was the biggest Doug Christie fan in history. Like, we used to give her shit about how much she liked Doug Christie because, you know, back then, we liked Doug, but it's, you like Weber, right? You were a Weber fan. Or Dude. Jay Will or Bibby or Peja. No, she loved Doug. She had a scrapbook. She would die for Doug Christie. So cute. So anyway, she hit me up that she was coming to the game with her husband. And I was like, oh, I'm going to introduce her to Doug. And she got to meet Doug today. She's wearing her old Doug Christie jersey. So cute. She is literally shaking as oh. Doug is coming up to like say hi to her, signs a jersey, and she gets a picture did with her. Did she say anything about shaking? Yes, she did. Oh. No, but it was, it was one of those things where I've not seen her for years, and it was just like, wow, it feels like I have. That's cool. Stayed in touch. It's just weird. It was just a, such a cool moment to witness that because I know how much she loved Doug Christie, and for her to get that opportunity and. I didn't realize, oh, she still loved him to yeah. that level. No, obsessed. Obs- it's just a really cool thing. That's No, that is so cool. When people get to meet their childhood or youth role model, idol, hero, yeah. whatever you want to, you know, um, describe them as, it's, it's almost like a life-changing moment for the most part, especially if the moment is positive, right? And... That makes me so happy that she got that, that you made that happen for her too. That's I wasn't really looking cool. for credit. I promise you. I just, I no, I know you weren't. <laughs> I wouldn't have given you credit if I thought. I, you- <laughs> I just, it was one of those, like an old friend and you just see like the joy they got in that moment. Like I'm so, one, I'm so glad I got to witness this. That's cool. Yeah. It was just, it was, it was cool to reunite with her and talk to talk to her and then to see that moment. That was just like cool. me and 50. And like, I was talking about all of his, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, what did you talk to 50 cent about? So, you know, Matt with like, it was funny. Matt was like plugging all the smoke at the end. He's like, you got to come on all the smoke. You have to come Good on move. all the smoke. And, then, and you were like, do some mo. Do some mo first. Do some mo. And I wasn't going to plug our podcast. It was just like, that's not where I'm at. Um, but, but that's, but with like all the smoke, they get those type of like big names on there and he should. But besides that, it was like a lot about business and just like, being able to do it all. That's what I loved. He was like, there's no limits. Like the, you, you can do it all. Look how everyone else is doing all. Why can't I be in music and alcohol and, um, you know, entrepreneurship and all these different categories. And so I love to see that for him. But then asking about the Kings, you can just tell he's, he's like, I think he's passionate about the vibe of yeah. sports and not so much like of a team. You tell him to do the bu- 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 beam unit. Beam unit. Is that G unit? No, I did not. Oh, and his necklace, by the way, probably cost more than anything I've ever bought in my entire life. Oh, you you think? Or I mean, anything I've ever, even a car, I'm saying. Like, yeah, Yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. Duh. It would look like a $300,000 diamond chain with a Givenchy sweatshirt. I do have a question. I do have a question. So you posted a picture with you and Matt Barnes and 50 Cent on Instagram. What's your question? I think I already know. Morgan yes. posts a picture. Okay. Yes. 50 Cent. One of the b- biggest hip-hop artists really of all time. Yeah, Iconic, he, he yes. Was, and Matt Bards. It's her second picture. She posts two pictures. The first one is of her just like plaid. My outfit was plaid, fun. Her plaid outfit. The second, you have to go to the next. Let me scroll to the. Next to see the one. You know with 50 what? Cent. And here's the what? Thing. Here's why. Here's why. Why does Fifty Cent get second picture status? Your outfit wasn't that nice, Solo. Okay, 
first of all, whoa, <laughs> let's not do that. Put some work into that. Uh, second, I obviously liked my outfit and I wanted it to be part of my post. And I felt like a lot of people have had pictures with 50 Cent lately. And so it's just like, oh, oh it's every- not cool enough. It's not no, like enough. everyone okay. has it. So that's why I'm like, oh, well, and here's also what my night was about. You know, it was, my it, outfit it was so 50. frustrating when I saw I'm like, why didn't she post a picture of 50? I'm like, oh, my God, I had to go to the next picture. I'll post. I'll, po- nah. I'll post. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Nerd Wallet's trusted financial journalists use fact based reporting for some much needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year. Yeah, and it's a really confusing time, by the way. There's all these documents, especially with us, like we are managing finances together because we run a small business together. There's all these different papers. There's all these different forms. What do you do? You listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Yeah, because then you can be making a balanced budget and not just for everything you're doing with your business. How about for some time off after an NBA season even? That sounds amazing. So you know what you need to do? Listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I post the interview, too, you know? Okay. There you go. Like, that's his post. All right. That's, I guess, that'll work. I mean. Oh, my God. That's hilarious that you noticed that, though. Hilarious. All right. Let's uh, check in with Discord. It wouldn't be a night chat if we didn't give... Uh, Oh, give some run to our guy, Coach Nick. Here Nick, we go. what's up, man? Were you at the game? Hi, hi, Ducemo. You weren't at the game tonight. Yeah, I didn't huh? hear you. How are you? Good. Were you at the game tonight? Yes, I was. Wow. Oh, whoa, wait. Did, did not see you or did hear you. Or hear you. Can you hear me now? No. Yeah, no, 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 no. We didn't see you at the game, Nick. Why didn't you say hi? <laughs> oh, is that funny to you? You think this I is did, a I joke? Did, I did, 
<laughs> I was there, but I didn't stop by. Okay. Oh well, my that's, God. That's, he's too big time now. Wow, because you're because right. you're famous now. Yeah, yeah. He's got people yeah. to meet. All right, uh, Nick. What, what was Fifty Cent there with you tonight? Yeah, you didn't even come up with. We 50 have been cent talking there. about Fifty Cent for the last ten minutes, and you go, "Is Fifty Cent there?" Well, what do you what do you been? Were you asleep? I could have I could have met Fifty Cent. Yeah, yeah you could have. Think, and you could have yelled at him a hundred times, screaming, "Why not? Why not?" Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, I need to. Hey, but Fifty Cent is going to be at Ray Lee's tomorrow. <laughs> Are you going to go meet him there? Yeah, I'm going to go meet him there. No, you're not. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, why not go meet him there? Why, why? not? He, he's going. He's going to get them. He's going. He's going. He's, he's popping bottles right now. He's popping bottles, Nick. I love it. Nick, why Nick. not pop those bottles? Why not pop those bottles? Why not pop those bottles? Hey, hey, what? why not like to be? Why yeah. not like to be? So, Nick and Morgan. Yeah. It is kind of funny that like 50 Cent's going to be at like a Rayleigh's tomorrow. It's just random. Just out of groceries. Hey, I'm signing bottles here. Hey, you got to promote your alcohol. I know, it's just random. It is. It's really random. Um, any other thoughts, Nick? Well, I do say that, hey, Houston Houston Rockets is garbage. Whoa. Whoa. Hey, hey we're about to beat them on Friday. Why not win on Friday? Wow. Nick, you're, you sound a little cocky. Why are you so confident? Why not? Win on Friday, and why not go on the road and win these two games on the road? Okay. Spurs and Lakers, yeah. Yeah, why not go on the road and beat the Spurs and Lakers? Why not, man? Why not? All right. What are you doing the rest of the night? Relaxing, watching TV. What are you going to watch? Yeah, I'm just watching. I, I am probably going to... Shut these TV down for oh. the night. All right, all right. Well, sleep dreams. Hey, okay. hey, hey. How about how about sleep beams? Thank you, Nick. Sleep beams. You're so proud of that, Nick. All Morgan, right. are you beaming right now? I'm. That's so cute. I'm beaming, Nick. Are you beaming? Yes, and I saw you wearing Morgan's. Uh, I saw you wearing. Deuce's jacket, light up jacket. Yeah, yeah. I, I right. stole Sleep it. Sleep dreams, okay. You, you do, you do look good on you, Morgan. Oh, right, thanks, Nick. We, oh, we lost connection with Nick. I don't know what happened. Oh, oh my God. We, you know, what we need to start doing. No, we, we Nick needs to get the the music like at award shows. We start playing it. And it's like, no. Well, you can tell him that. You can break you just the play news. him off. Yeah, but you'd have to tell him we like have to play him off. That's the cue. He won't stop. He'll keep going. But it's so you cute. You see him at the end, he's like, I gotta get these shots up. And he's usually like, what'd you eat tonight? And it's like, Nick, Nick. Great Nick. <laughs> oh, I, such a sweetheart. So great. Oh, so why are you trying to get rid of him? <laughs> I'm trying to get rid of him. I'm just saying. He didn't even, okay, honestly, a little offended that he didn't come say hi to I'm us. I'm not, I'm not. He yells a lot of this. He does. Question. So the Kings play the Rockets next. Do you like these back-to-backs against the same team? And before you answer, oh. the Kings have this. They've had it once already this year with the Nuggets where they split. They have it now with the Rockets. The next one, they have Minnesota they're doing it with. Okay. They have the Houston Rockets again. Back-to-back games in, against, Houston. Uh, in Houston. They have Oklahoma City, 
Portland and Dallas. Yes. So five more times this year. Do you like it? I, I'm trying to think about, I guess I shouldn't, I should just say from my personal stance and not like, yeah, oh, that's from a fan. I, well, I, I do think like a fan, I like see. from a fan standpoint and like, is that what I would want to see as a fan? And I guess from just like a prep standpoint <laughs> and from my standpoint of watching the game, it's fine. I like it because I just like basketball and I do enjoy seeing how a team can respond and react like. For example, if you watch one game and it was an absolute, let's say the Kings blew out the Houston Rockets. You're like, oh, we're going to see another blowout on Friday? Probably not, right? That's just not how players at this level, teams at this level would work. So it's it makes it a little bit more interesting to see how teams come out, how you compete, and also how you make adjustments. So from my standpoint, sure, I'm I'm cool with it, and I like it for their travel. Yeah, I think from a fan perspective, it is not – as exciting, especially when it's not a great matchup. You play the same team twice in a row, especially it's like, oh, man, the Kings play the next two games against the Rockets. It's not that exciting. Sure. From a basketball standpoint, I don't love it either. It, but I do like it later in the year when it's against Portland, when it's against Dallas. We're talking about teams that you're competing against. Maybe Minnesota gets back in the thing. Very the important. I think it's cool. It's a good opportunity. To be like, That's a good point. Yeah, you're playing these good teams that you have to – you're competing with, and you may see them down the road if you're in the playoffs Multiple together. times. So, yeah, get, get, it's a little test for you. It, these playoff adjustments, you're playing them the same game, the same team two times in a row. I like that. I think it does. It, it's like an opportunity to give teams that definitely aren't going to make the playoffs or haven't made the playoffs in 16 years that taste of what it would be like to play a team multiple times in a row. I know it's only two, and you obviously go for more in a playoff series, but just a taste. Yeah. It's, it's weird. That's happening so often, especially later in the season, but I I am, I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. Oh, I'm so glad. Okay. No, next thing I wanted to get to, um, Tyrese Halliburton was on Woj's podcast. Ooh. And breaking news at this hour. He was asked about Sacramento. It's fine. That's that was no, part no, of no. his early identity. I am making a rule starting right here tonight. What? January eleventh at eleven forty one PM Pacific time. If you have Tyrese Halliburton on your podcast, if you have a chance to talk with Tyrese Halliburton, if you're an NBA person, you cannot ask him about Sacramento anymore. It's or, over. Or, or if it's you happened. are, you can make it you can there there's gotta be something different about it, right? It has to be creative. It can't be like they broke up with you. Are you okay? Like that's always seems to be the tone in the narrative. Well, and I think Tyrese gets a lot of shit from some people on social media. Like he's always talking about Sacramento. It's like, no, he's always asked about Thank Sacramento. You. So he's asked about it here. And his answer was maybe different than answers he's given previously. Here's oh. what, uh, Woj, this is from Woj's podcast with Tyrese Halliburton. How will you always look back at that place? Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of different emotions that go into it. Um, you know, I, I, I think, when I got there, I embraced it right away. The fans embraced me back. It was an it it was awesome. Like um, starting my NBA career is there. I'm forever indebted to you know Sacramento. It was a great place, a great way to st- for me to start my career. Uh, to be able to go there and play with De'Aaron and learn from him and uh, you know see his habits and things like that. It was really good for me coming in as a young guard. Um, met some great great people there. Uh, you know I thought that we had a chance. I think 
now looking at it right, me and Fox are both have a very good case to be an all-star this year. Uh, two guys who shared the backcourt, especially my second year with me starting. But you see we're probably better away from each other than we were together. We're both better on the ball. That's just how it is. Uh, so, I mean, I at the time, I was angry. I was angry for a long time after that, mixed with some sadness, mixed with a ton of different emotions. Uh, now looking back on it, it's the best the best thing of, of my career is, you know, being able to move on. But also for them, they were able to get Zabonis, who really has fit well for them. They're playing really well. Uh, they look really good as a team. So I, I, people keep saying, you know, it's a win-win trade, you know, and maybe they're right. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense. We're both playing well. Indy and Sac are both playing well. But, yeah, there's not – there's not necessarily hard feelings or anything there. I mean, obviously, that's in the back of my head, right? Like when we go, we went and played SAC, that game had a little more juice to it. I think for everybody in the arena, not just me, for them, uh, for everybody in the crowd, there was just a lot of energy in that arena, and there's always energy in that arena. Um, but it just felt like there was extra that game. And that's just how it's going to be. You know, it's we're me and the Kings are always going to be forever connected, and no matter what they do, no matter what I do, it's just always going to be that way. Class act. Yeah. I mean, the, the maturity level that he has reached just after a year of being asked that same question. Yeah. And it wasn't his fault. People, the narrative around national media and the league was like, F Sacramento, yay Tyrese. And so it also was easy for him when he was asked with that initial question context behind the question right like of, to go yeah no you're right f sacramento like uh, they like why didn't they see that in me and then he realized more and more as he kept getting asked the same question like wait i'm crushing it they're crushing in their own ways what it did for me in the start of my career has only pushed me to do better things and i just love that for him yeah i mean he's time kind of heals things too Right? Like hell yeah. He had every right to be upset at the at the start of it. That hurts. You get drafted by a team, they they love you. Oh, you're gonna be here for a long a time. Breakup. Then you get it yeah. And he felt that. He went through a breakup. And now he's got he's with a new person. And, the new and they're great for each other. Great for and each other. And his ex? They found a new person too. And like, so you're happy that. for them. You're you're good for yourself. Like, there's always that friendly competition of like, oh, I want to do a little better on Instagram or, you know, whatever, but like, and he's doing that. Yeah. He's using it as motivation to be that better player, to be that better person. What, what did buddy say in that, the background of that, that video was Sacramento can suck my D Ugh. like in that, in the, like him as a whole, like that is the Ugh. epitome of what buddy healed was here. Like, like sure. He made a lot of threes and we have to give him the love for the threes that he made and whatever. But at the same time, like he was what he was as a teammate. He was what he was as a player here. And that's going to be his, I don't know, reputation memory here forever. And that's fine. That's going to have different personalities throughout the league. It's fine. Uh, and hopefully he's okay. He left the game tonight. Uh, with oh the, God. The, with a knee thing. I don't know if it was super serious or not, but they lost to the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. So yeah, cross your fingers That's that tough. everything's good with him. Yeah, because also now to say something also nice about him, that was a guy that didn't miss many games. Right. You know, and did a good job of staying hey, in there. Dude, the Pacers are 23 and 19. And I kept waiting. 
I watch a lot of their games because I like Tyrese Halliburton a lot. And I kept waiting. I'm like, this doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel real. And it still may not be real. But they're not supposed to be real. Like, people thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the NBA this year. And Tyrese has made them really competitive. You know, he's gotten the most out of guys. Matherin's been awesome. Coming off the bench. Like, their rookie is a six-man-of-the-year candidate. Well, yeah, which is insane. And that's what I love what he said about him and De'Aaron Fox as basketball players. And we both need the ball in our hands a lot. And it was just, it wasn't going to be the relationship that was going to work there on the floor. And that's okay. And so now they are in situations that they both excel as players. And Tyrese Halliburton has brought his team the Indiana Pacers to a whole nother level. You heard uh, Wally Zerbiak criticize Tyrese Halliburton like a couple of weeks yep. ago, right? So the Knicks played the Pacers tonight. And so Wally was, for those who don't know, Wally Zerbiak was like, he's a fake all-star or something like that a couple of weeks back. Yeah. So tonight it was his first chance to like come on and like maybe address it. It felt like so harsh. It, it sounded like he had something personal with Tyrese. Uh <laughs> Here's what it sounds like on the broadcast. I can't wait for you to hear this, Morgan. So this is like weeks after he was critical. I'll tell you, Tyrese Halliburton, I had some choice words to say about him maybe not being an all-star. And boy, has he proved me wrong and had me eating crow for the last month. <laughs> he has been absolutely outstanding the way he's been playing. His team's on a tear. He's won 8 out of 10. He's scoring 43 on every, it seems like, on uh, every given night, making big shots for his team as the end of the game. Remember, he also leads the league in assists. He's a great playmaker. He's a young star. Yeah. He might not be an all-star this year. It's going to be tough between Brunson, Randall, and Halliburton, but in the future, he's going to be an all-star for sure. I he can't admit it. He felt bad because he got called out on Twitter and by basketball fans around the world for his take on, on Tyrese. He slobbers on him. Oh, he can give you a 43 link, the team an assist, but yeah, it's going to be tough beating out Randall and Brunson. But, by the way, Brunson's been awesome this and, year. I love Jamie yeah, Brunson. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm just like, but, come but, on. But hey, but this is my way of saying... I can't accept accountability yes. that I'm so wrong and um, heaven forbid I buy in and tell you what you want to hear. There's no way he actually believes that after saying there's <laughs> no way. Like I understand how that can feel about being really wrong about someone or a team or something. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't, but that's why you get so many people like the Fox haters. Like you get yeah, yeah. those people that just stick with their narrative. And it's weird though. Like, like Steve was just saying in chat, he he tried to walk it back a little bit, but at yeah. the end, he still can admit that he's. I I would I would be stunned if Tyrese Halliburton wasn't an All Star this year. The coaches are going to vote him in. He's going to be an All Star. Same thing to me with Sabonis. I'm like Sabonis What's is going to be an All Star. What's going to say then, huh? You know, I wouldn't have uh, picked him as an all-star, but that's what he is this year. I, so I don't think Randall's an all-star. I think Brunson's got a case. Brunson's been Randall really was on good. a tear, and then it's I think it's yeah. what been like a couple games, maybe. I would need to look, but um, but yeah, I I don't know. I I know Tyrese Halliburton is an all-star. And by the way, Knicks and Pacers have the same record, twenty-three and nineteen. There you go. Meanwhile, the Sacramento Kings, Morgan, don't look now. I already looked. But we're going to anyway. Look at the Western Conference standings. The Sacramento Kings tonight, after the win over the Rockets, they're the fourth seed. It's really impressive. And 
I'm really happy for them. Can they stay in that top six? Well, do you think they have a chance? I We're almost to the halfway point. I know. Do you think they have a chance to be a playoff team instead of a play-in team? Now more than ever, yes. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not just because I see that number four next to their name. Um, I think you look at what has gone on in the West, what it doesn't feel real, what feels for real. And I wasn't expecting it, but yeah, I think they have a chance. I think, I mean, for sure there'll be a play in team. Wow. You, you do feel that confident. I, about I feel that, that I feel that I confident do too. in that. Um, I don't think that's like, and I even said they'd be in the play in conversation before the season, but now I'm like, holy shit, I think they're going to be a play in team for sure. For yeah. sure. Like, how could they not be at this point? Yeah, I mean, barring something crazy happening, that's yeah, it. that's about that's it. it. I mean, I think, look, and when we say this stuff, we're not ignorant. Like, we know they're very flawed defensively. Yeah. But we also know what they're capable offensively. You see how potent Fox and Sabonis can be and the pieces around them. You know, the fact that they've had six players this season score 30 or more. No other NBA yep. team has had that. We're talking about Fox, Sabonis, Herter. Barnes, Terrence Davis, and Malik Monk. Six players have scored 30 or more in a game. They have some offensive firepower that I think will just propel them to be in this, at bare minimum, play-in. The thing that I said a month or a few back was like, hey, let's just say, because this is what I felt like, there's going to be a lot of movement in the Western Conference. Like, these teams, there's no way they're not going to the Lakers. Like, they're not going to make moves to be a better team with LeBron this year. Um, you know, whoever, whoever, right? I was just thinking movement changes. When we were at the G League Showcase, we heard differently. Like, yeah, there probably won't be much movement in the West. And, um, or it's not expected or something was the verbiage. So don't quote me on the verbiage, right, of what we were hearing but hearing that made me go, oh, God, maybe the Kings really will be in this higher position than I thought because a lot of teams aren't going to make the adjustments that I thought were going to be made. Halfway through the season, though, so we'll see. Yeah, the trade deadline, and I think it's going to be weird this year. We, we mentioned this the other night. There's just more buyers than sellers at this point. And some of the weaknesses that the Kings have, we talk about the wings, but we talk about backup bigs. There are teams that they're competing with that have those same weaknesses, and they're going to be trying to address those too. Like, teams are going to be trying to get Kyle Kuzma. They're not going to be alone in that, right? People keep mentioning Kyle Kuzma. They're not going to be alone in other guys. I give OGs out there. We'll line up. A lot of people are but going to be how, in on OG. And there's, there's teams prepared with bigger, they have more assets to trade. That's one, but also how many of these teams that we're talking about, the Wizards, the Raptors are actually going to accept any of these things yeah. too, right? Like are going to actually make those moves. Like I, I have heard on a different national podcast that Kuzma was getting more comfortable with Washington and that could actually end up being his home and where he wants to be. So um, especially if the price is right. So w those things tend to happen. I think sometimes we put in our head and we get excited for a trade deadline, and all the movement and what action could take place. But the end of the day too when you're hearing things are slow it could just be slow great perspective from the chat morgan what jay says nine way nine wins away from matching the king's win total from last year and we're not even at the all-star break yet 
Yeah, the Kings won 30 games last year. In fact, they stand right now at 22 and 18. The Kings did not win their 22nd game last year until February 12th when they improved to 22 and 36. Damn. 22 and 36. An they had double the losses awful once year. they had their 22nd win last year. Awful. Crazy. Yeah. Just not fun. <laughs> just really depressing times. Just, yeah, not good. And and what's crazy to think, too, just because you shared the audio, is that Tyrese was on that team. And I'm just so glad that a move was made, even if it meant sacrificing such a great player. And might not be saying that years from now if he ends up being something just iconic that we could have yeah. used on this team forever. But at the same time, with the success this year and it being real and not just fluky, it's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm so glad that there was talent on this team to trade for talent. Let's check in with Elizabeth. We're going to talk to Elizabeth in a minute. What's up, Liz? Hey guys, how you doing tonight? Good. good. How are you? Doing good. Just ate some popcorn. Ooh, Get ready for bed. Yes, popcorn. <laughs> Love that life. Do you, what do you, what do you do? You just go with like a standard. Everyone know, loves popcorn. Buttered popcorn. Like, what do you put on your popcorn? People do different things. Yeah, butter and salt usually. I yeah. actually make it on. I don't know if you guys know like those blackstone griddles, but I actually make it on the blackstone griddle. Just put butter and then put the kernels on there. Oh, and then make it that way. So do you ever? You're, you're, getting fancy. you're not putting in the microwave. You're getting fancy. Do you do you ever do like a little bit of like garlic powder or any of those type of things? Make it fancy. No, I've actually never tried that. That's interesting. Oh. We used to do like, like at a movie theater you go in and you could do like m&ms and popcorn together so we usually do that like when we go to the movies we'll get the m&ms and then put all the m&ms inside the popcorn yes. it's actually really good that's, i love it huge. i love it yeah. well while enjoying your popcorn um what did you enjoy about the kings tonight i mean obviously a win a win's always good um i mean defensively they were pretty bad you know to start the game in the first three quarters but i mean when they you know they turned it on when it mattered the most so that's always important um, but I actually wanted to ask you guys, because I know we read like the reports and stuff about Monty McNair, and I'm a huge Monty McNair fan. Um, when do you guys think he's going to get his extension, or if he'll get his extension? Yeah, I mean, the Mark Stein thing came out, what was that, late December? He's like, it's, it's probably going to happen early in January. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> that's what I saw, too. That's a great question. I don't know. I don't know if what they're waiting for. You know, I you know I don't know if it's like ha, had they just tabled it and said, "Hey, we'll get to it when we get to it." I know just talking to people um, around that front office, they really are just like, you know what? If we win, it's not going to matter. That's they, that's their mindset. Like they're not tripping about it. Is from my understanding. Yeah. Like they're not worried about it at all because like yeah. We win games. We feel like we put a good team together. We win games. We're going to get extended. And, you know, the, not the only GM out there that is in the final year of his deal. Bob Myers is in the final year with the Golden State Warriors, too. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I, part of me is like, well, if they haven't announced it by now, maybe they just wait. Maybe it's something they wait after the trade deadline. I don't know when the timing would be, to be and honest. You guys, let's be honest, too, about this. This feels like the most um, communicative uh, front office that has been around for a while that like has a relationship with one another that can maybe communicate about some of those things or talk about some of those things and understand 
what's at stake or like, hey, this is the timeline. This is the vibe. This is what we're going to do. I don't know. I that's the that's the vibe I get from what's going on mm-hmm. behind the scenes in front office, but I don't know what that means. But I just don't think anyone kind of like you guys are saying or like you're saying Deuce is like no one's really worried about it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it'll get done. I'm not worried about that either. I'm just curious like when it will get done, but I mean, he's just done such a great job with this team. I mean, you know, he kind of came into a mess, unfortunately. Um, and I just feel like he's done a lot of the little pieces, especially like he's done such a great job. And I, I can't remember. You guys can remind us. So, but the Trey Lyles, like how he brought him in and everything. Because Trey Lyles, like, yeah, he scored 20 points tonight, which is awesome. And he took over the fourth quarter. But he just does the little things like so well. Like, I just love his rebounding. He's just so physical and there defensively. Like, he just gets after it. And he's just like so silent with it. And it's just, it's so amazing to watch. Yeah. And he got in really good shape too. You could tell he's yeah, he dropped like 20 pounds, right? Yeah. yeah. And he's kept it off too. Like he just, he looks great. And it's, I feel like I trust his three point shooting and I don't think he's always been a consistent three point shooter in the NBA. Obviously, you know, when you are playing with Fox and Sabonis, it can make your life easier too. There's just more spacing out there. They can get you better looks. Like I'm, I want to look up. uh, So I don't know if it's updated through tonight, but uh, okay. He is shooting this season, 35% from three last year with Sacramento, 36%. So he's been kind of up and down in Detroit, 30%. Okay. Well, and it just depends. Again, you guys, we're talking about like it depends on what players he's playing with, what his role is with a team. Like if he's going in there to jack up a few shots um, off the bench for a different squad, but only when he's open, when he's not really the weapon that they're turning to. It's just, it's going to be a different vibe on what his shooting percentage is going to be there. And I think in Sacramento, like you're seeing they are encouraging him to shoot from beyond the arc when he is in there. Um, And he shoots with a lot of confidence in his understanding. If you're not efficient, you're not going to play because that is the role he's supposed to play. Yeah, exactly. And I just, I love like too, because I feel like him and Harrison Barnes are kind of the same in regards to like attacking the basket. Like they'll, they'll take those threes, but if they have that lane open, like they'll take it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I saw his like money too. Like he's only making over a little over like 2 million, which is like absolutely crazy. Like that's a steal. Yeah. So it's just crazy how he's going return, you know, like, I mean, coming into the trade deadline last season, he was good, but just this season, I think he's taken up a notch and I mean, credit to the coaching staff because they've definitely helped. And then, you know, losing the weight, I'm sure helped him as well. And, you know, in that trade, I think he was the guy that was probably talking about the least, right? Like the Kings in that deal, it was Bagley to Detroit. It was that three team deal. They got back Josh Jackson, Dante DiVincenzo, and Trey Lyles. Yeah. I mean, I guess we talked maybe Josh Jackson, Trey Lyles, maybe the same, but it was like DiVincenzo and Bagley were the headliners. Absolutely. For sure in that deal. So it's cool to see him contributing to a team that's winning. So, well, appreciate you checking in, by the way. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, just real quick. Um, Like, I just remember people were upset that, you know, we let DiVincenzo walk, and, and I could get it at first, but... It's like, I feel like people should have more faith in Monty McNair because he's done yeah. such great things. It's like, we have to kind of trust him a little bit on, you know, the moves he's making. Like, obviously it sucked to watch Steven Chenzo go because I thought him and um, Mitchell worked really well together on defense. But it's like, you know, we got to trust this man a little bit and I think he's earned it. So it's just been kind of cool to see all the little pieces moving as well. But I mean, obviously the Sabonis trade was a huge one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you. Enjoy that popcorn and uh, get some rest. Thanks, guys. Thank you. It. You know, she's mentioning that. 
that first quarter uh, or the, the the star of the game, first three quarters of the Kings. At one point, I I wanted to pull that Dwayne Dedman and throw a Theragun on the on the floor. I was I was that mad, Morgan. That this a, this is your way of telling me the story about Dwayne Dedman and throwing a Theragun on the on the floor. But you have to put it like that. I mean, it is. And I don't blame you for wanting to talk about this because that's how angry you were. And it shows how angry he was with Eric Spolstra and or just the Miami Heat. He got suspended one game. Whoa. By the team? Uh, it was the NBA and Miami Heat together decided on one game. So he was upset. He's been kind of out of the rotation. In fact, last night they were shorthanded Miami when they got the win over Oklahoma City. For some reason, a TNT game. OKC yeah. Miami. We were watching OKC G League guys that we were supposed to call. Yeah. And then they were all up with the big team, so whatever. So, Orlando Robinson started ahead of him, who's on a two-way contract. There's one, there's some, like, interaction on the bench, and he got into a spolster, he's walking away, and he kind of, like, hit the Theragun, and it flew onto the court. Those are, like, 300 bucks. That's your first reaction? How much it costs? Yeah, because... Not I the mean, fact that he was so upset that he hits a Theragun, it goes flying could have hit some fans on the way to the floor oh, and it yeah, lands on the court. A life priceless. Um, you're exactly right. No, just ridiculous. I mean, obviously you don't want, maybe that wasn't like his goal in all of it, but at the same time, like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Like why you've been in the league long enough. Why are you trying to throw some shit or just like get angry about it? I can't believe, yeah, or I can believe it was only one game, actually. Spolstra said after the game, it's the Miami Heat. We're all part of gnarly personalities. That part was unfortunate. Everything before that, that's the Miami Heat. That part was unacceptable. They also set an NBA record last night. 40 for 40 from the free throw line. When Jimmy Butler was at the free throw line, he, he had to have known, right? I don't know. I would, uh, How should he point, should he know that that was he was shooting personally his twenty third free throw of the game? Sure, he knew he was twenty three like, for twenty three. Fox said, like, "Can I get like a few of those calls?" Yeah. How many times tonight did Fox get hit no call? You know how many times? I don't understand. Did he do something to the officials long ago? No, it's uh, you no, guys, it's bad, Morgan. It, it is, is. There was a couple because, times that I'm looking like how how is that a? Here's the thing. But then they call him for the. Sh- Dennis Schroeder call. Yeah, but that, and I just even looked at that, again, that Keegan play when it looked like a dirty play and he was going down. I go, replace Keegan with LeBron James. Mm -hmm. That's always how I look at it. And I don't care if you look at these other guys, if you're an official and you're like, that's God, I can't touch him. I can't make that call on him, blah, blah, blah. It's, a game and a game is supposed to be played and officiated fairly. And if it's a foul, if it's a flagrant foul, whatever it is, then it's a flagrant foul. It's a foul. Call it, just make it fair. And that's why with that, I'm, I was just like very disappointed because I know it would have been different. Steph Curry was, was Keegan Murray or LeBron James. Shout out to Sato who donated two bucks, 51 Kings. Where do you think the Kings finish? Mm. I'm not going to go 50 wins. Um, I'll kind of stick to that 40, 42 to 44 range. That's cool. That's good. If 50 wins, if they made some like giant move, okay, maybe. I'm not going to go 50 here. No. Where was I at before the season? Like 37? Yeah, I something think? really disgusting. You, you're five games more than me. Yeah, 
They're not a difference between like 36, 37, and 44. There, there is. No, that's, that's okay. fair. There okay. is. There is. Yeah. I don't know. But 50 win. Ty Smith donated 10 bucks. How much Thanks. of the success that this team has had, in both your opinion, is due to Mike Brown and the culture he's brought in versus the addition of Sabonis and her this year? I, well, it's 100% Mike Brown is like the leader, right? And has established not only a culture, a system, an identity, and has held guys accountable. When you have that, but then you have the right pieces that play at a it, much right? higher play. Yeah. Like if you just, if you had, let's say Mike Brown was coaching the Houston Rockets. Like, I believe there would be more of a system, but there's still going to be these young pieces. They probably have like 13 wins. Right. Like that only still know how to do so much. Right. But they're held accountable differently for certain things. Mike Brown has some high IQ, some high level basketball players to plug into his system that can work in this league. So it's a little bit of everything, but yeah, Mike Brown's a huge reason for it. Yeah. I mean, you need both. You need yeah, buy-in. You need, you need players. You need talent. Yep. If you want to run the system that you run, you have to have the pieces to run it. And it's been a great combination. But what Mike Brown and his coaching staff have been able to do has been tremendous. So, uh, Jeremy says, uh, if we go 500 from here on out, we are a 43-win team. You think we don't do better than 500 from here on out, Deuce? Uh, it's possible. Yeah. But, you know, like, let's not lose sight of the fact because they win a couple of games. They They've been playing like 500 basketball over the last 20 games. Yeah. That's kind of what they've been. And that's not like necessarily a bad thing. I'd, I'd want them to do better, but you know, they got to prove it too. Like improving it would be taking care of business. The next few games, you got Houston at home on Friday. Then you go on the road for San Antonio mm -hmm. and LA. Then you're home for Oklahoma city. You got to win those games then. Win yeah. Them. That's what go win those games. Matt Barnes was saying that same thing at the end of the show. Just like, Winnable games that you have to win. And I, I'm i more still along the line, like, look at the parity around the league and these teams and these players that just step up in random times. It's it's, a, it's difficult, but you're exactly right. You've, you've shown that you're capable of beating good teams and you're capable of beating bad teams, and these are the teams that you have to beat. Have you enjoyed the last couple of games that they're just kind of up by 20 at the end? 20 or more because I saw a stat today that blew my mind about the King season. Okay. What? You know, clutch time in the NBA is five minutes to go under five minutes to play in the game within five points. Okay. The Kings have played 39 games this season. 23 of those games have been clutch games. So now 23 of 40 after tonight. So 20 over half the games have been considered clutch games. So under five minutes to go, five points or less, right? The Kings have an offensive rating of 130.3 in the clutch. That's first amongst all teams in the clutch, but their defensive rating of 121.2 is fifth worst. 10 of their 39 games have been decided by one score. 10 of their 40 now have been decided by decided by one score with six um, more being decided by two possessions. The Kings averaged the highest field goal percentage of any team in clutch and the clutch at 54% and they rank seventh in the clutch in three point percentage at 36 and a half percent. Well, they're a clutch ass team. Yeah. 
But like they talk about the mental toll and stress they put on us halfway through the season with all these close games. Yes, everybody. And think about how much they learn about themselves as an individual player and then as a team in those situations, right? And you just hope that the next step is to grow on that and be a team next year that becomes even better and finds a way to not put themselves in those clutch moments for their fans' mental health. That's the only reason why. Yes. And it's really hard to do a, sh- a post-game show when you don't know if they're going to win or lose <laughs> and if you're going to have players <laughs> up at the set and they're not. It's just, it really yeah. moves around a lot of things. Dude, totally. We're going to be back live late Friday nights. So our schedule's weird again. Yes. We have another weird schedule quirk on Friday where we are going to be in Stockton for a G League game. We're on the call for the Stockton Kings taking on the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. Actually, the G League affiliate of the Houston Rockets. That's the same time the Kings are playing the Rockets. So what we'll do is we'll be watching the game on the laptop in front of us, kind of. But then when we get back to Sacramento... Which will probably be I don't know nine thirty. Well, last time it, it was yeah, it was about it was about nine forty five. So what we'll do is then we'll catch up on the rest of the game. We'll just have a DVR ready to go, and then once we're caught up on the game, we'll go live and talk about it. Yeah. So it's gonna be a little later. It'll, It'll be a Friday be t- night party. Friday night party, maybe Friday maybe tipping off at like eleven p.m. Pacific time, but we'll be live because we're live after every game. Just know that no matter what, it doesn't matter what changes come our way. We will be live after every single no game. No matter what. No matter so what. So plan on that. Anyway, we love you guys so, so, so much. Make sure to hit the thumbs up on the way out. Spread the word and subscribe. We love you, but we got to go. You all have a wonderful rest of your night. See ya! Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo. Deuce and Mo, the podcast that you know. Deuce and Mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.